It's the everything a new voice actor needs to know to get started in voiceover episode that you've been waiting for. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. While you are trying to build your voiceover business and trying to do things the right way, use VOpreneur.com as a trusted source for information. You can visit the website for this podcast, learn about free Advice Friday live streams on YouTube, get free downloads and resources that you can use for your business, as well as premium content and coaching all around the business and marketing side of voiceover. Visit VOpreneur.com. That's VOpreneur.com. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. One of the hardest parts of starting your voiceover journey is figuring out exactly what path to follow. There are so many experts giving what is often conflicting information and advice that it can be hard to know who and what to trust. My guest today has been there, lived that, and come out on the other side with a growing voiceover business. His clients include Audi, the EPA, and the Modern War Institute at West Point. Welcome to the show, Patrick Kirchner. We need to update that because I am... Actually, I just... I don't know if I can say. Yeah, they signed the contract and there's no NDA. I just became the voice of Gojo again for another year. There you so, go. See, I just grabbed cool. those off your website, so yeah. <laughs> you better get on your website and, and get your website updated because... Um, <laughs> among the I mean, many things that you got to stay on top of as you... Add it to the list. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the list keeps growing. So um, I'm very yeah. curious about your story to start. How does a career military man end up as a voice actor? Uh, I just told this story yesterday. So, uh, and I'll try and make it shorter. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> why did they want to do voiceover? Well, first of all, like in first grade... Because your T-shirt says, I was, your mom yeah, because your mom thinks voice. I have a grace voice. Oh, that's so a great story. Sis, so did Sister Loretta. <laughs> so I would be the MC at every spring concert, talent show, whatever through through grammar school, and I was in the band too. So um, you know, put down the trumpet, go over to the microphone, and and quack. Right. Um, and then, uh, and I was like nineteen or twenty when Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out. And I'd always you know, done the cartoon things as a kid, but I saw sure. that and I'm like, oh my God. That was a great it's movie. Still by the way. Something that can still be, it's still something that can be done. Yep. Cartoons aren't dead. Right. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. And I would joke when everyone, someone would go, hey, Pat, what are you going to do when you get out of the Marine Corps? So I'm going to do cartoon voiceovers. Well, I'm not doing animation, but. Um, yeah, but it was always there and it was always kind of. Not doing animation story. or not doing animation yet? I. I I'm on a pilot that's supposedly still being shot. So, so we're still we're, we're still working towards the animation then. So it's not that you're not doing it. We're just you know it's still a, a still a work in progress. Yeah, there's very few things I'll turn down, like uh, an anti bacon ad. I'd turn that down in a heartbeat. Amen. But you know, <laughs> you got to put the bar somewhere. That's right. There has to be a line that will not be crossed, and bacon is a is a good place to put that line. Yeah. So I, so I, the last decade of my career, uh, mostly I looked at the deep future and strategic foresight stuff. Uh, and one of the, one of the civilian working groups I was with 
guy was getting retired, getting ready to retire from General Motors on their foresight team. He said, Pat, I think you'd be a great fit. Why don't you interview the interview for the job? So I did. Went through four rounds of interviews. The last one was like a two hour uh, Zoom interview with a half a dozen people in it. And at the, this is the first of June of 17. Okay. At the end of the interview, the guy, go, I go, uh, he goes, he had any questions? And I said, yeah, if, if General Motors decides to hire me, how quickly would I be expected to displace and move back up to Detroit? And he said, well, we've never seen General Motors move this fast on anything. The team has to be in place by the end of the month, but we can't onboard anybody until mid-July. Because as you may or may not know, all the auto industry shuts down for the first half of July. So okay. they can retool the factories. Right. Get ready for new lines, models. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Um, like, why am I being interviewed right now? And <laughs> shamefully, I put all my eggs in that basket. Okay. Uh, because it cer- certainly seemed like a lock and, you know, yep. I was looking at, Hey, my great grandfather's house still has not in downtown Detroit still has not been refurbished. So I could buy that, rebuild it and. Right. And go on with start life. your own HGTV show while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there dejected on the couch the next day. And my wife goes, Hey, you've talked about voiceover as long as I've known you. Why don't you, I'm going to coupon for a voiceover seminar, sadly a demo mill. Sorry, everybody. Why don't you that's go? Okay, look that's at why this? we're here. That's right. So, you know, and I, I think if you, if you got people to be honest at a conference and had them raise their hand, shifting gears, and said, how many of you have been through a demo mill yet are still here? Yep. I think. There's a lot of people that, there's a lot of hands that would go up 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a very wise and supportive spouse is uh, yeah. responsible or to came blame. up with the company name. <laughs> um, you know, and she's, she's continued to support me through the roller coaster ride that is, that is voiceover. Which is um, so key, by the way. So key, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're cheap, fast, and easy. You can only get two of the three. <laughs> so neither cheap, nor fast, nor easy. Oh, well, you know what? That leads perfectly into the next question, because one of the most controversial things that I've ever said on this podcast, and I think it might have been the first or second episode that I did, and, and it was not meant to be controversial it was it was meant to be sincere it was meant to be an honest assessment of what it takes to start a voiceover business but i suggested that if you were planning to build a business the right way that you could easily expect to invest 10 to fifteen thousand dollars at a minimum by the time you pay for coaching demos etc and that was just to get you started right that's not the whole that's not the whole shot that's to get you started so you've built your business in what i would consider to be a smart and professional way you you started in Started, Certainly seems that way from the outside, doesn't it? <laughs> we started working together around what, 20, 2019, 2018. 2020, 28, yeah. was it that, oh, was that long ago? My gosh. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a minute. You know what you're talking about. So how wrong are my numbers? I think they're low. Low to start or uh, low if you factor in over the first you know, few startup years, ultimately where you're going to invest? Um, plus adjusted for inflation, <laughs> plus adjusted for inflation. You know, I think I, it, it, do you have to go to conferences? No. Do you have to go to your retreat? No. no. Do you have to have a $3,000 mic to start? No. no. Should Can you start you? Yes. with a $150 mic? Yeah. Um, 
I was the number I use is twenty grand. I think you know when I at the time that I said that ten to fifteen. I mean that was probably going back four or five years now, and so that you know we're probably by the time you you know if you figure demos are what they're running twenty five hundred on average. Yeah. Is that fair? Right. Yeah. Coaching has gone from like one hundred and fifty to what most coaches now are two fifty an hour somewhere See, in there. I think you can. It, it it depends on the coach and and yeah. So so as the economy which never truly recovered from um from covid from the pandemic yep um prices went up yeah everything went along with it i'm still that's why i started making my own bacon (laughs) it's it's easier and it tastes better man it's it's a heck of a lot cheaper (laughs) the only the only real expense to that aside from the pork belly going up but it it pays for itself is you got to get a meat slicer yes you because do need a good meat the, slicer. The hand slicing, they're all uneven and never want to, never want to do that. So the price okay, of everything so we're way off. up. So yeah, this so is what's price of everything goes Now you up. got me thinking about bacon. I got a one track mind. <laughs> yeah. Lily almost got a brisket last year off of the counter, like <laughs> a, a full packer. That would be, <laughs> that would be my German shepherd. Sorry, yes, everybody. That would be tragic. Yeah. Um, all right. Where were we? We were talking about prices going up and the yep. cost of coaching. So there are still coaches, experienced coaches who will, who will work with novices. Um, this is where I put my plug for take the word newbie out of your vocabulary. Absolutely. Great. Cause nobody wants to work with a newbie. I get it. It's cute. It's disarming. Yep. Don't listen to me. I'm just a newbie. I have a question. Well, nobody wants to work with a newbie except to take advantage of them. So take the word out of your vocabulary. Right. Um, it's only used in the pejorative. When yep. someone refers to someone as a newbie, they're not saying a nice thing about them. Uh, novices, newcomer, whatever you want to use. Um, we, we all love you. We all want to support you. And that's the great thing about this community, uh, about this industry. It's not just the little communities that that revolve around VOpreneur or VO booth besties or any of the others are all wonderful people. They all want to support the whole Just on the whole, like it's, it's a pretty supportive industry. And my whole thing has always been from the very, very beginning too, is that on the whole, the more that people who have been around for a while can help those that are coming in, that makes the industry better as a whole, right? Because if you got a bunch of people who are coming in who don't know what they're doing or don't do it the right way, it can make the industry as a whole look bad, look amateur, et cetera. So it's in everybody's best interest for everybody to be doing this in the best way possible. And we, and we learn that by example, you know, yeah. when we, when we dive into the pool, if everyone is helping us stay afloat and helping us learn how to swim, that's great. If guys are playing, Hey, I'm going to swim over and I'm going to dunk you because that's what we do to, that's what we do to newcomers. Uh, I'm going to hold you underwater until you, you almost pass out. Then that's a learned behavior too. Yep. But those people don't tend to last long in the pool. That's right. And that's, that's the right. good thing about the industry. They'll, they'll, nobody wants to work with them. Nobody wants to be around them. They're gone in a year, year and a half. Anyone who comes on, comes on with that, that kind of edge. Anyways, you say 20 grand, eh? I say 20 grand. If you take, if you take into account, <clears throat> Now you you can extend that timeline as long as you. Of course, want. I mean I'm but that's I'm that's 10 or what 11, I'm what, 11 years into my full time business and I'm still spending money like 
I'm oh, yeah. constantly investing back in my business, right? So, but we're just strictly so talking startup costs to get that initial coaching to get you ready for your first demo or your first couple demos, you know, get your studio set up, get your website set up. You know, if you're going to do a logo design and business card or branding or, you know, all, all of those things, you know, there's a thousand other little things that, that add up, right? Not everything is a $2,500 demo expense, but registering your domain, paying for your hosting, getting your website yeah. built, all, you know, all of these sorts of things, they all start to, to add up, but they're all things that need to be accounted for, right? Yeah, and, and some of them you can do on the cheap, and some of them it shows that you tried to do it on the cheap. Yep, yep. Um, I like to say, you know, as, as far as booths, and uh, I started with moving blankets mm -hmm. from Harbor Freight, which was a mistake because you got to take Harbor them outside Freight. and let them. Yeah, but you got to take them outside and let them off gas for like three days in the <laughs> sun before you can Bring them into in the there. house. And right. it's. They were, they were hung from the rafters in the basement mm -hmm. and I had a, um, you know, God bless booth junkie booth junkies got some great videos out there and someone turned me on to watching his stuff and helped me set up my basic booth with a, with a zoom V five, whatever it was zoom five, which was a terrible in retrospect, a terrible way to do voiceover, like recording right. to this thing and then pull the little SD card out, take it to a computer and start editing i don't know how to edit um i've always I, been kind of a diy guy but. i started with an evre 20 because that's what i used in radio so i was like oh that must be a good mic so now you know of course that's generally considered to be one of the worst voiceover microphones ever i was six figure right i was six announce. figure talent right i was a six figure talent before i got my first actual booth i recorded when i was first starting out full-time i recorded in the living room of my apartment and i just stuffed pillows and and curtains and blankets and things around me to try to to dampen the sound a little bit um you know then i upgraded to a spare bedroom but in the spare bedroom because i moved into a new apartment but even there i was very limited with what i was allowed to do because it was an apartment it's not like i could build things or whatever so it's you know strategic yeah. positioning of panels and carpets and furniture and things like that when we first moved into the house that we're in now same thing was a spare bedroom and strategic placement of panels and all that sort of stuff and then Finally, I was able to build the booth that, that I had always dreamed of. But I think I think that part of that part of that feels like a rite of passage in the industry, right? You've got to start recording in like the worst environment possible, the closet, the basement, the whatever. That's just how we do it and 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 eventually yeah. grow into your studio bricks or your whisper room or your bear cave or or whatever it is that you ultimately get to. Uh, you know, I saw someone post the other day that they were gonna start in their closet. And they had clearly done their research. They bought a bunch of good gear. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the gear aspect is, uh, is kind of like my mother taught me about buying furniture. If you buy cheap furniture, you're going to replace it every three or four years. If you buy good furniture, it's going to last you a couple decades. Right? Yep. And it's, that is absolutely true. Yep. But good furniture is expensive. Yeah. Yep. How many times are you going to buy furniture, though? Mm -hmm. You're going to keep buying furniture. Yep. Uh, and I moved, you know, 17 times, 18 times in 31 years. So, you know, we've, <laughs> if you move three that's times, you might as that's well. That's a lot of times fire. to tear that's apart your Ikea furniture and try to get it to fit back together again the same way. <laughs> there is one piece of Ikea furniture in this house and it was not my choice to buy. <laughs> um, but, you know, we had, we had four, four people working on that. It's a, it's a, the bed in the guest room and we had yep. four people working on that and 
Oh my God. Anyways. <laughs> I feel so you, man. All I just that, built but, one. But all that initial investment in gear is, I'm not using any of it right now. Any of it. The microphone stand is, microphone stand has been donated to Mavo. Yep. Um, the, uh, the Zoom is in a box in my office upstairs. The headphones. The head, these are the original headphones. So these, I lied. Yeah. It's, my my toddler them. runs around with my RE20 and uses it to pretend to, you know, do whatever it is that she <laughs> pretends to do. So, yeah, that's it's a valid point, right? How many microphones yeah. do you how how many microphones do you buy until you get to the microphone oh. that you want and then did you really save any money ultimately? No. One of the most common questions that I get asked in coaching sessions with voice actors is who do I even reach out to to try to market my voiceover services? I've put together a resource that is going to help you with that. I have over 6,000 contacts in my CRM and over 4,000 contacts on LinkedIn. I went through those contacts and distilled it down to a list of the 40 most common job titles that I am consistently working with in my voiceover business. And I turned that into a guide. You can purchase 40 job titles for marketing your voiceover services at vopreneur.com. Click on the store button. Go to veopreneur.com, click on the store button, and look for 40 job titles. Now, back to our show. Two-part question. Smartest investment you made early on, and one investment that you wish you could have back, whether it was just, this was stupid, I shouldn't have bought it, or I wasn't ready and I should have waited. Well, the demo mill, that's the obvious answer for right. that one. Right. Um, smartest investment... I would say the most useful investment thus far has been this whisper room, this treated yeah. whisper room that I'm sitting in. And again, I owe thanks to Booth Junkie because as you know, if you've, if you've been in an empty whisper room, um, it's, it's boxy. It's very boxy. Uh, he had a great video on, this is Owens Corning, uh, 703, two inch OC 703 okay. or 702. I have to look it up, but, the ceiling and the walls on the upper side are all uh, two-inch Odin's Corning. And the RLX that came with the Whisper Room is on the bottom half of the room. But that's less important. So this I is, have and never... I found this for 1800 bucks on Craigslist, Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. In Western Tennessee, someone posted, someone in the Northern Virginia voiceover group posted a link, said, oh, you know, I found this. I called the dude up and said still got it take cash i'll see you tomorrow and i got in my truck in the car where we go 900 miles i yep. drove there the guy he got such a nice guy too um he goes it's a part if you want i'll put it back together so we can take it apart together and you can see how it goes i go okay and he did wow so i showed i showed up we disassembled it, loaded it in the truck. His pastor came over and congratulated him because he had just been hired as the uh, the singer for for the church to do services. They're just with really good salt Great of the people. earth people, and I paid eighteen hundred bucks for this four by four whisper room. I have never talked to a voice actor who made the investment in a booth that regretted it. Although almost every one of them in the beginning obviously had that butt puckering fear of how much they were about to spend, right? And so I totally get that. They can get really pricey. Obviously, you scored an amazing deal, and it's a testament to like, look, search Kijiji, search Craigslist, whatever. 
But it's one of those investments that I've never heard anybody regret because look, your, your Neumann may be the most beautiful, fancy microphone in the world, but if you're not recording in the right space, it's going to pick up a flea fart from 500 feet. And, and then what are you, what are you going to do? Right? So uh, it'll, it'll doesn't pick up surprise flea me that's your best. And in this created whisper room and nobody's ever complained about my audio. Yep. Right. Until I got the Neumann, Neumann in here, the U87 and it's this room is too small for the U87. So the U87 sits out covered on the shelf outside the booth, gathering dust until I get a bigger space. So you get it. And you said you got a four by four. It's a four by four. Yeah. So what would you, stick. if you had the opportunity to go back and do it again, I would build the dang space out. Yeah. Just build it out. Yeah. I see, I see Jay Michael with his, you know, his room, right. That he, he, he built in lobster manor. And I see Bev standing recently posted that she was thinking about doing the same thing of just treating a room and having a room. And, and I think about, you know, when I've gone into Toronto to record at studios in Toronto, you're, you're in a booth, but it's, it's a room, right? It's, it's a room. And it's nice to have room to move around. Mine, mine is basically a six by six, but it's got a part, part angled wall in it. And sometimes I, it feels a little, you know, I feel a little the, bit confined, right? But, is it the, the diamond one? No, mine's, I've, mine's a custom built thing that I, I built it right into my, to my basement. And I just, Uncle Roy said, when I asked him what I needed to do, what do I do when I'm building a booth? And he said, make sure you've got an angled wall. And I'm like, okay. So I yeah. you know, put, put one part angled wall in it. But even still, sometimes, like I said, six by six, and sometimes it, it, it feels a little bit tight. But I actually just tested, I finally after thinking about this for months and months and months and months, I took the microphone and the rig and the mic hero. I love my little mic hero mm -hmm. up to the office, plugged in and recorded a couple minutes and sent it to Roy. And I go, what do you hear? And he goes, I get a little room reflection. So in the office where I've got just bookshelves and it's, it's loaded, there's not a lot of reflective space, but the ceiling. So I think the first thing would be to put a um, ceiling cloud in. Yep. Although I still get road noise coming in upstairs here. I'm in the basement and, you know, Marine One can fly over the top of the house and I'll see it on the. See it on the line? Yeah, I'll see it on the floor, but yeah. So you said your, your worst investment was the demo mill. I started offering yeah. free 15 minute consultations a few years ago. And I did that entirely in response to a growing number of voice actors who are being taken advantage of by demo mills, predatory coaches, et cetera. And I thought. If I can give somebody 15 minutes of my time and point them in the direction of somebody better, if I can save even a few people from, from that pain, then it's worth it for me to, to do these 15 minute consults. And that's honestly the reason why I started doing them and why I still continue to do them. So for somebody who is getting started, what do they need to know to protect themselves from falling down that trap? What are the red flags or the things that they should be looking out for? That's why I wrote those three LinkedIn articles with your help. And so we'll, we'll put those in the show notes. Two, okay. Uh, yeah, we can definitely two put years those in the show into, notes. I need to update it because Open Coaches doesn't exist anymore. Sadly. Ah, yes. I remember that site. Yeah. Um, uh, I wrote those articles. I sent it to you. I sent it to Bridget. I sent it to Jay Michael and a, a few other people. Just review this. Make sure I'm not putting anything stupid out there right right every few months those things will get resurrected on linkedin yep. and i'll get a phone call that'll go oh my god 
I think I just got caught in the demo mill. What do I yeah. do? Right. And like, how far are you into the demo mill? Because yep. if you've already recorded and gotten your demo, all I can tell you is keep telling them you don't like it and change the music until you're happy with it. If they if they have something stupid in there, like until you're happy, um, which is not entirely stupid. I mean, some very J. Michael has that. Yep. In his in his contract. And I think it is to this day, he's only given one person their money back yep. because he couldn't make them happy. Um, but which is inevitable, right? If you work with enough people, eventually yeah. you're, you're going to find that one person, but yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not the, I'm not the easiest demo client, but, uh, if I could do it myself, I would, <laughs> but at least I'm specific when I tell them what I would. Yeah. Okay. Move this word right on top of this drum beat. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> let's move to the next one. <laughs> space between these two phrases is a little too long tightened up just a little bit um anyways i think it's important so that people understand that you know regardless of who you're working with obviously we want you to work with a great demo producer but even if you do get stuck with the demo mill i think often one of the reasons why they end up with in the 15 minute consultation with me is because they're not happy with their demo and they're trying to figure out what to do but there's this fear of going back and asking for right. you know fix it or can we make this right or can we change that or whatever because it's like you know they're the experts and i'm the i'm the new talent or whatever but that's no you're you're a paying customer i mean if you order something from amazon and it's broken what do you do you send it back you don't just say well they're the expert on this thing so it must be right and i just must not know how to use it like you package it up and you send it back but when it comes to demos we're so afraid to speak up we're so afraid to to ask somebody to fix something change something tweak something whatever is your demo it's kind of two sides of that one it's your demo it's your calling cord, calling card, mm -hmm. but it's also the demo producer's calling card. 100%. Right? 100%. They got their name on it too. Yep. If you're not happy with it, you're going to tell people, I got this demo and I'm not that happy with it. Um, Word of mouth can spread very quickly, positively or negatively. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Bad, bad gas, <laughs> what's bad gas travels fast in a small right. town? Uh, quoting Letter Kenny. <laughs> So how do we vet these people? You know, you saw that ad or you got that coupon or whatever. How do you figure out? Are there things that you can look for that say this might be a demo mill? Like, are there are there certain things that we should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, six voiceover lessons and um, and a twenty five hundred dollar, you know, or three grand or whatever. Three grand, you'll get six one hour voiceover lessons over six weeks, and and then a and demo. then then you'll record your demo. And so the assumption is that everybody on earth is ready for a demo after six lessons, which. Oh my God. No. Yeah. <laughs> obviously not the reality. I remember working with Dan Ganguza on my e-learning demo in 2019, I think it was. And having made a crap ton of money in the e-learning space, right? Like one of my most lucrative genres uh, and, and working in it for years. And I think. I did 10 sessions with Dan before I did an updated version of my e-learning demo. And, and so, I mean, if that's me at that point already booking consistently in the genre, then yeah, if you're new and starting out, you're, you're probably, unless you're a prodigy or you have some sort of theatrical or improv background or something like that, you're probably not demo ready in six lessons. Even if you came from a, um, even if you came from a theater background, it doesn't mean you're ready for a voiceover yeah, demo. Totally different because, thing. Yep. Yeah. 
and taking nothing away from theater actors, aside from the fact that now they use microphones, I think they're cheating. Um, <laughs> you don't have to reach the ears of the guy in the last row. Right. You just have to talk to the other side of the microphone. That's yep. as far as you have to get. And that's a difficult lesson for many of them to learn. And same with on camera. On camera, you're not worried about the microphone. Uh, it's just a, it's just a different space to work in. You're a firefighter. Mm -hmm. Structures are different from aircraft. Yep. Right? Aircraft firefighting is not the same as industrial firefighting versus household firefighting. 100%. All yep. different. Um, so other red flags for a demo mill. Uh, quite frankly, you know, you are, you've got one of the... I don't know if you're the biggest, but you've certainly got a large following on Facebook with the Vopreneur group, right? I don't think I've ever seen you pitch someone who has come in there looking for help. Yeah. Right? You you have you have your times of year set aside to go Vo Marketing Playbooks coming up. I put this all together. Um, it has been said that. You don't know anything more than anyone else. I can go to the library and I can get all these books for free and, and learn marketing. Yes, you can. But Mark has already gone to school for it. And yep. he has digested all that experience in this package for you. It's worth it. <laughs> um, other, other voiceover groups, people go in, ask for the question. I'm looking for a coach. Hey, I'm just getting started. What do I do? No, first of all, use the search function. Um, don't ask what the best microphone is and then never trust a coach who pitches you directly on a website. Yeah. I remember when I started working with Cliff, in fact, I, I met him in Atlanta and was out to dinner with him and said, I really want to get an automotive demo with you. And, um, I look forward to working with you. He goes, if you want to work with me, email me and then follow up because I don't have time to chase clients around. I'm too busy. I got other yep. stuff going on. No coach worth their salt is going to chase you down yep. so that they can work with you. They're, they're, they're too busy. No, it's legit. And it costs, it, it costs money to coach. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay Michael told me years ago, he goes, Hey, I charge three or three fifty for an hour of coaching at the time for a, to do a one-off. One yep. I could be making five times that sitting in the booth for an hour doing work, doing, doing auditions, sending yep. stuff out. hundred percent. Right? Yep. It's true. So, yeah. So, so even though he is not cheap, that's it's part of his give, give back to the community, he makes yeah. himself available to bring along new people. Well, and I've said that too, right? I mean, I was very fortunate to have some good people that I discovered early on. And, and thankfully I discovered the right people early on who were mentors to me, whether it was directly or, you know, virtual mentors, just people that I followed and, and learned from uh, virtually. Uh, and so I, I, it, I do feel blessed to be in a position where I can help some other people out the way that I was helped when I was, when I was starting out. And so I think that's certainly important. So aside from your coaching, which I think everybody's in agreement, that's like the most important thing that we need to do. Uh, what's one of the best learning tools that you've benefited from in your career? Grave for the brain. <laughs> it's like going to the library, man, right? You, you, it, you talk about going to the library. That is like going to the library. That is the cheapest. Yes. Wait, that is your best bang for the buck for your voiceover investment. It, it, we separate 
and you'll hear this in our, in our class at VO Atlanta, we separate education and training. So education is all the book knowledge. What's the difference between a, a shotgun mic and a, what's the difference between a 416 and U87? Let's put it that way, because dynamic and um, condenser. Uh, condenser are jumped out of my brain for a minute there. <laughs> what are the genres for voiceover, right? You do not want to spend money with a coach on coaching hours learning that stuff. Yeah. Peter Agreed. and Hugh and J. Michael and Bevan Graham have all put that stuff. And and everybody now that now it's all global it's, now it's global yeah it's um, huge yeah that money whether it's whether it's 25 or 50 bucks a month and if you don't use it you can hit pause on mm -hmm. your on your subscription that money is your your best investment you're not paying coaching dollars for that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of of content to learn about an industry that you know, if you're a novice walking in or walking in from a different industry, you have no clue yeah. the depth of stuff that that is involved. That's actually in my 15 minute consults, that is one of the most common things that I give people is I, I refer them to Gravy for the Brain. And and I said it, it you know, a couple reasons. One, it's affordable, right? 50 bucks or 60 bucks a month or whatever it is. I'm like, even if you only do it for a couple of months. And, and you just have this like deep dive into all things voiceover from the studio and tech to the marketing, to the, the different genres and all that sort of stuff. And so I said that in and of itself makes it a worthy investment for new voice actors that are starting out. And it's, the second part of that, I think is gravy for the brain is a highly reputable organization. And so one of the hardest things when you're, when you're getting started is figuring out who you can trust. And I feel confident in saying that if there is somebody that is teaching with gravy for the brain, a producer, a, a coach, a casting director, whatever, an agent, that is, that is somebody who is, I think can be trusted, somebody who is vetted. So once you've done that initial immersive education experience in gravy for the brain, and you've decided, I really think I'm interested in this genre. Now you've got a couple of names of, of potential coaches or potential demo producers who can help you get towards that genre who are people that you know that you can trust because yeah. they're, they're in that ecosystem. And so it, it's interesting to hear you say that that's the best investment that you've made because it, it is. It's one of the, the number one recommendations that I make to people. And just to be clear, like I'm not affiliated with Gravy for the Brain. I'm not getting a kickback for anybody that signs up for Gravy for the Brain. I just think it's legit. I just think it's a great place to go. I, I should say I am biased. I did, I got, I was given the, uh, inspiration award in 2020. Mm -hmm. It was during pandemic because I was sitting in this booth for it. Um, and Hugh gave me a, a lifetime subscription. So I'm, You're in I'm a life. lifetime member. Right. Uh, so, so I am a little biased, but it doesn't change my, but for good reason, right? Yeah. Cause it's there, the quality, yeah. the quality is there and it, and it, I don't know. I mean, yes, uh, you know, Ann Gangusa does VO Peeps, totally legit organization. GVAA. Uh, GVAA, GVAA is, is another totally legit organization. So there's a few different places where you can go and you can find some some classes, some workshops. You know, uh, the Long Island uh, voiceover takeover, Levo is is another, you know, they do some great workshops. Val with Mavo is, is doing some great workshops. So there's a lot of places Rhonda where Phillips you can go. does late night secret, secrets, yeah. which is always good. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of places where you can go and you can find some affordable workshops and get some introductions. But I think gravy has the most extensive library, I think yeah. probably and, and, and strategic library, like courses that are like really like the ultimate beginner classes and then working your way through to 
stuff that's in there for, you know, more seasoned veteran voice actors. Their small business class, um, and I haven't gone through it in a while, and it's it's probably six, six years old now, seven years old, six years old. But amazing. I mean, there's a there's three branding modules in there mm-hmm. that get into color theory and get into the psychology of fonts. Yep. And branding, if I'll just touch on that for a moment, branding is not a thing you do. I don't just, I don't did not wake up one day and go, you know what? I'm a hockey fan. I think I'll be the hockey voiceover. I'll be the voiceover right. goalie or whatever. It's not just some random thing. It is a process that you go through and figure out what it is about you that makes you the right voice for a given style. You're you end up tapping into yourself. Yeah. Figuring, learning more about yourself, and it can be it can be a little bit terrifying, but it doesn't have to be. But that whole branding process that's in, which I did in conjunction with Celia Siegel and her book, and then Get in the consultation book, yeah. with her, yep. yeah. So those in combination are how I ended up coming up with my with my brand, and my brand has the colors haven't changed, and the design hasn't changed. We updated a little bit, but it's remained consistent because I'm confident that. After I got through the initial thing where I was Vox Pro Pat with a cool microphone, um, now I have a cooler microphone with an exclamation point in it and <laughs> sound it's attention. That, another rite yeah. of passage. Every logo must have a must have a microphone at some point. <laughs> the same microphone. Yes, the right? exact the same, same clip art from Microsoft clip art, you know, 1985. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or, or multiple fonts or, you know, oddball colors you know don't decide to be the voiceover handyman because there's already been 20 of them celia's book is a great uh, i'm going to link that up in the show notes as well because i do think for any voice actor not just new voice actors i think for any voice actor celia's book is uh that that should be like required reading because uh, of what you're going to learn from that one so let me ask you do you think you're you're you said you started in 20 2018 2017 2017 okay do you think there's a timeline for success? Do you think there's like a, you know, you start here, you get to here, you get to here. Is there a timeline that follows? Does it, or, or does it really just genuinely vary from voice actor to voice actor? And what do you think is realistic? Because I think that's, that's the one I'm most interested in hearing your response to, because there are a lot of coaches that are out there that I think pitch incredibly unrealistic expectations of what is possible to accomplish in voiceover. So what, what are your thoughts on that? It'd be a lot easier if I were writing this, uh, <laughs> because then I'd be able to really organize it telling you, no, this goes first. Um, discipline. So thanks to you and you and Tom Deere at that first Mavo and, um, Tom goes, it used to be funny that you guys had never seen each other's classes because you were always scheduled at the same time. Yep. Tom taught me about, um, treating your business like a business. Yep. You get up in the morning, take a shower, get dressed, go have breakfast. Yep. Have your coffee and get to work. Mm-hmm. Treat it as if you're going to work. And if you do that, you will be more successful than don't let the couch. Tra- I've heard you say that before. Don't let the couch catch you. Yep. You sit on the couch all day, binging reruns of friends or. Yep. Or and then why wondering why your business show. isn't taking off. And wondering why it's not taking off. Right. Yep. Um, or you can go. You know, set your times in, in my accountability group, which still has a member from our mastermind group. Um, 
you know, we just talked about that yesterday. Do you, uh, different methods for either blocking time or now we started doing, we started doing a study out, a study hall. So every Monday at noon, don't call me Monday at noon because I will be sitting at my computer on zoom with all my accountability group and we will be working in silence. Yep. yep. Study hall because. Just knowing that, that the other people are there and watching, you don't even have to communicate with each other. Just knowing they're there is enough to make you do the thing that you might not have otherwise done. The guilt of yeah. not doing the work. Right. While Nobody wants to be that there. one kid that doesn't right. show up or that shows up without their homework complete or. Yep. Yep. I had the worst boss I ever had once said, you know, shame is a powerful motivator. Like, no, it's not. That's an awful idea. Um, shame it may be an awful imposed. idea, but guilt there's a lot of truth in there. <laughs> guilt, guilt is internally imposed. Shame is externally or, or externally ex imposed. Right? right. In a combat zone, the captain comes in and goes, sir, that guy does realize we're all carrying weapons, right? I probably shouldn't have said that. You can edit that out, Mark. Or leave it. Uh, <laughs> two days in. The captain had been there two days. He does realize we're all armed, right? <laughs> Don't do anything. All right. Where were we? We were talking about money. We were talking about investments. Timelines. We timelines. So give us your timeline. Where, okay. where so, did you, from where you started, where, how many years or months or whatever was it before you were like, you know, where was the point where you're like, okay, this is going to work. I can do this. Was there a point when you're like, okay, I've built an, I built a healthy business. Like, was it a year? Was it five years? Like, what, what, what is that? What did it look like for you? You got to set a goal, right? Like, yep. like you, like you teach us, have your, have your North star, have your five-year plan and, and, and the stuff that gets you closer and everything's got to be connected. Well, next Sunday or this Sunday, um, as far as I know, unless a phone phone call comes in, I'm going to fail at my five-year goal that I set five years ago, which was Super Bowl commercial Super 2024. Bowl. I remember that. But, but um, if it's a local spot that runs during the Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm in. I made it. That's why you got to get really specific so, about your goals. <laughs> all I said was Super Bowl commercial 2020, you know, Super Bowl commercial 2024. Yep. Uh, let's, let's face it. I ain't bumping Cranston anytime soon for the F-150, though I would love to. And I love Brian Cranston. Ford wants Cranston's name behind it. Yeah. I'm not bumping what's his name for, ba -da -ba -ba -ba, for Macadonaldo's. Yep. It's, um, Yeah. We, we all probably auditioned for that one, but he's the only one who did it that way. We yep. all sang the tune. Anyways, um, timeline-wise depends on the amount of knowledge that you're bringing into it, your aptitude for, um, because this does, take, this does take a bit of worldly knowledge. That mm -hmm. is important for voiceover. Sure. If you're going to do... Um, someone just sent me a link this morning for a podcast on World War II ships. And one guy was griping, one author was griping that every audiobook he listens to mispronounces the names of the ships. Uh, like Ariskanes is an easy one to mispronounce. <laughs> and my, my friend goes, you should call him up and tell him you do voiceovers. That's part of the research. It's mm -hmm. part of the homework. If you're going to do audiobooks, if you're going to do e-learning, yep. you have to have some understanding. If you're going to do medical e-learning, do you need to be a doctor? No. 
Do you need to be able to say myocardial infarction, rolling it off your tongue? Yes, you do. Yep. So a, a little bit of worldly knowledge, curiosity to continue to learn new things. That's a big one. That's important in our business. Yep. Um, the ability to act or at least the ability to take direction and be willing to learn how to act and, and acknowledge that maybe you don't know how to act. Acting's not easy. If it were easy, there'd be a bunch of us walking the red carpet every year, right. wouldn't it? Wouldn't That's there right. be? Um, it also changes as a, as another short aside, it has changed how I watch TV and movies. Pay a little closer attention to things now, eh? Um, Stop fast-forwarding the just, commercials. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, actually, first thing in the morning, I do. <laughs> before I feed the dog, I rewind the TV one hour because I know it's going to be the same commercials. And I'll sit and have my coffee and my breakfast and just click through the commercials and get to the, okay, there's the weather. Click, click, click. Okay, there's the Today Show. Oh, crap. Time to get to work. Right? Um, so uh, you you do... I think you, it builds a better understanding of the characters and how the characters interact. Sure. And I follow, I, I think I follow the storylines better. Yep. Um, it's just, it, it feels different to me. It may just be because I'm freaking old now. You just want to be able to say that it's research so you can write it off on your taxes. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the video game time, isn't it? <laughs> Don't let the couch catch you. Let's see. Uh, where were we? So we were back on timeline and we were with um, worldly knowledge, discipline. So when that clock does, when the kitchen lights shut off at 9 a.m., like Alexa told it to, I just hope everything doesn't stop. There's a, you, just, you just set off everybody's home automations, at, but that's right. okay. At nine o'clock, when those lights go off, I look at the dog and I go, time to get to work. Yep. And I either go upstairs or I go downstairs. Or if something was due at nine, then that's pushed up an hour. Like if it came in late at night and I didn't feel like doing it, but it's due at 9 a.m., then eight o'clock becomes that time to time to go down and get to work. Yep. Um, and, you know, take the I'm the biggest sinner in the world for this. Take a break for lunch. Take a break. Sometimes after. I remember. Lots of times I forget. <laughs> yeah. And then. Oh. It's quarter to four. Uh, I'll just skip lunch and wait for dinner. Dinner's in yep. a couple hours. I'll be fine. Have another cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, so the so the the discipline to, as you say, I still take I still want to take credit. Carry the message to Garcia to do the thing. <laughs> and if you haven't read, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't read a message to Garcia, it's a ten minute read. If you pay attention to it, it will change your life. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, just do the thing. The world cries out for someone who will just do the thing. Yep. Carry the message to Garcia. Um, and it takes, it takes money or it takes, That's... or it takes hunger, but not desperation. Yeah. Good if way to put it. If you have to, if you have to keep a roof over the kids' heads. It can be very motivating. That is very that is very motivating. When the rent is still due or the mortgage is still due or whatever, it is it is very motivating. Yep. I, yep. I remember those days well. This is not if if you don't have something saved up to sustain, this is not a business to go, 
you know what? I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and I'm going to become a voice actor. If I did not have a military pension coming in and a wife working full time as uh, a clinical director at an outpatient surgery center, I would not be doing voiceover. Yep. Yeah, I think back to when I first started my first year. I mean, I scraped by, like literally scraped by, but it was just me, right? I could not have done that if I was married with kids at that point in time. I could not have done that first year the way that I did it. But yeah. So I know you're teaching a class at VO Atlanta for new voice actors who are looking to learn some of these things. Tell us a little bit about this class and uh, you know what, what people are going to learn out of it. So I looked at the VO Atlanta kind of schedule last year. Um, if, I think if you, if you go to any conference and have people show of hands how long you've been in this, I'm just going to swag it. 60% are in their first couple of years. I think that's probably fair. But there was, no, and it always, it always cycles through, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody goes to every conference. Yep. Uh, one of my goal, one of my business goals is hit a conference or event per quarter. Yeah. Right. Um, and now there's, there's one available every quarter, sometimes two or three. Yep. Uh, some of the more established than others, uh, hopefully not the same speakers at every conference. Anyways, I looked at the thing last year and said, there's nothing for newcomers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that's advanced or, or intermediate, but stuff that they're not quite ready for. Like you're not ready to, you're not ready to do video games with Randall Ryan. If you have zero experience yeah. doing video games. Promo with Joe Cipriano, you know, his yeah. masterclass or whatever. If you've never even recorded your first audition yet or commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, just that, that would be a bad investment. Yep. Joe Cipriano is never a bad investment, but no, we love Joe. You will get more out of it. He's awesome. Uh, my God, one of the kindest human beings walking this earth. You gotta be ready Um, though, right? You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be realistic about where you're at. You gotta be ready. It's a waste. It's a, it's a good future investment. If you are suited to promo Uh, or don't, or, you know, whatever, animation or characters or gaming or whatever, right? Whatever genre, like we're just talking in general, if you're brand new in voiceover and you're just coming in and signing up for all these X sessions, but you're, you, you're still not, you know, booking yet that you're, you're not, it's not the time to be making those investments. So this right. is, this is for right. those people, this class is for those people, right? Yeah. This is, this is kind of, here's all the stuff you need. What did we title it? All that you need to know about voiceover, uh, that nobody told you need to know, but you need to know something yeah. like, yeah, it started yep. as all those two, things that you discover the, the hard, the, that, that we tend to discover the hard way. Let's put together a class that will help people to avoid having to learn the lessons the hard way. Make, make good investments. Yeah. Instead of making, instead of spending know, money, you, you don't need to buy a thousand dollar microphone and a thousand dollar interface and a $3,000 Mac studio or $4,000 in Canadian dollars. In order to get started, yeah, you yeah. can you can use your earbuds on your iPhone for yep. your initial coaching sessions. Yep. Figure out if you like it first before you spend five grand on gear. Yep. There's your first quarter of the twenties. Five grand on gear is easy to do. So yep. someone had spent a bunch of money. This <laughs> call back to about forty five minutes ago. Someone had bought a bunch of great gear, 
right? Set up on a set up in a closet with nothing in it. So you know the reflection's gonna be yep. be awful. Yep. They did their homework on the gear. They made smart investments on the gear. So they're not buying continuously upgrading, like I'm going from a which microphone brand I'm gonna insult right now, like a <laughs> a, a super B or whatever. Yeah, uh, you know Paul Paul Stefano's probably in chime in. I actually like my Super B. <laughs> um, uh, and you uh, <laughs> you made me think of something I have to add to the class, and then I forgot it, so I'll write it down later, or I'll listen to the episode. Listen to and, it; it'll, it'll kick I'll, in again. I'll, it'll and, trigger yeah. what the what the idea was. Um, that person isn't going to buy multiple microphones over the years, just like my mom talked about the furniture. The furniture, yeah. But a good microphone. This is this 416 is my workhorse. Yep. You know, and occasionally I'll do the 102. I know Roy doesn't like it for audiobooks because it sounds like I'm being yelled at for an hour. So if I do an audiobook, I'll I'll bring the TLM 102 in here cuz it's a little nicer on my voice than a 103. Um I'm waiting for a bigger space for the U87. <laughs> <laughs> goals, it's so good those, to have goals. Yeah, so those making those smart investments early, um, setting up your business, going through the branding process. I mean, we've only got 50 minutes to cover all these topics. It's a lot of and information. So we are to just go hitting yeah. wave tops. I think the thing was about accessions. You mentioned accessions. Signing uh, up for all the accessions before you're, you know, thinking that that's the way to spend all your money when you get there. But you don't know. Maybe, not, don't maybe know. not year one of VO Atlanta, right? Maybe year two of VO Atlanta. Like, you know what they this. need to do on year one of VO Atlanta? They need to sign up for Team Challenge. You can learn a lot. Oh, my God. And, you are, you, and that is, that, talk about a crash dozen, course right there. Half a dozen lifelong friends. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yep. So if you are newer, you're trying to get started, you want to get started the right way, you want to avoid the mistakes, you want to avoid the bad investments, you want to watch out for the wrong coaches or the wrong demo producers and all that sort of stuff, this class is uh, is going to be at VO Atlanta, which is going to be crazy this year. I'm really excited to be back again, but uh, keep an eye out for that one on the schedule because there are definitely some things that you will learn from that. Uh, and man, if we can help even a handful of people to avoid some of the mistakes or some of the pitfalls that cost a lot of money. Like there is nothing worse than doing your first demo, which you probably had to scrimp and save for in the first place and then realize that it's not even marketable and you got to do it again like that. Like that is so disheartening. Uh, and that could be the end for some people right there, right? That like their yep. career could be over before it even started. And so if we can help people avoid that, then it is absolutely worth it. So keep an eye out for it on the, on the VO Atlanta schedule. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Uh, so that people can find it. And uh, do you do you happen to know by chance uh, when it is on the schedule? Uh, I mean, either eight o'clock or nine o'clock Saturday morning. And okay. then right right after that one, then Bridget has to, we did a little schedule manipulation so that they would come out in order. And then Bridget's doing her how to knuckle down class right, right after that, okay. uh, which is fantastic. And so then, don't stay up too late on Friday night. <laughs> Because you got to get to the session on Saturday morning. Uh, it's not that early. It's uh, <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning is very early for me, but that's just yeah. me. But it's a good, it's a good one that would be worth it. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing some of your story and, and some of your experience in this. 
I know that it is hard. It is one of the hardest parts when you're starting out. The internet makes it so easy for anybody to have a platform and for anybody to position themselves as an expert. And, and it makes it easy to get taken advantage of and get connected with the wrong people or making the wrong investments or doing things the wrong way. And so hopefully this information helps people to avoid some of those mistakes. So thank you for coming on and, and sharing. And hopefully we saved a few people from some of that heartache. One last, one last point to finish off the coaching thing. No good coach is going to pitch you directly. Get your coaching recommendations from a trusted person who's been around the industry. They're going to say, go work with this person. And then you do that 15 minute interview. And if you're looking forward to the next date, then, you know, know, it's probably going to be good. If you're not leaving with that feeling, don't make the investment. Right on. Good advice. All right, man. Thank you. Starting a business can be intimidating. Starting a business can be costly. Starting a business can be draining and stressful. There's already enough stuff going on in your head. I don't want you to have to feel like you've got to surf through all of the information and discern what is good and what is bad. That is why this podcast exists. That's why Free Advice Friday exists. That's why Veopreneur.com exists. That's why this episode happened. The information that you get here is good, and you can count on it to help you build your voiceover business the right way. I hope this episode is helpful for you if you're getting started on your journey in giving you some good information and insight into what it really takes and what it really looks like to grow your voiceover business. If you've enjoyed it, would you do me a favor? Would you please leave a comment or leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? I would absolutely appreciate it. And don't forget, if you need more help on the business and marketing side of voiceover, visit vopreneur.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.